This is Alan Seaborn from Winning at Home. Welcome to In Progress, a podcast about faith, life, and how we grow. And I want to start this episode by talking a little bit about how I got to what we're going to be talking about. So I think it was a podcast that I listened to a while ago with these two guys who call themselves the minimalists. They talk about how they realized that they were both pursuing careers and they were spending a lot of time and a lot of energy trying to advance in their careers and then also to try to keep up appearances to look like they were advancing in their careers and to make sure that they had the place to live and the car and the clothes and the stuff that would match what it would mean that they were successful in their careers and in their lives. And then they started to ask themselves, okay, what are our actual priorities in life? And they thought through what those were. And then they asked, does the way we're living, does the way we're spending our time and energy and effort match up with that? And what they concluded is for them, it didn't. And so each of these guys wound up selling the place that they were living and getting rid of, purging a whole bunch of stuff and trying to live life more simply. And I don't know, I'm not trying to convince you to become minimalist. That's not what I'm talking about. But that idea appealed to me because I find that when there's a bunch of stuff that I would call clutter in my surroundings, other people would maybe sometimes agree, sometimes not. But when I see just a bunch of stuff around me, I realize that I can't relax on the same level, especially, you know, I'm not talking as I'm out around different places, but when it comes to my home. And so when I heard these guys talk, there was something about what they were sharing that resonated with me. And I talked to Annalise and I said, hey, I'm kind of looking around and realizing that, you know, I don't think we need to downsize our home or anything. We've the two homes that we've lived in have been uh, pretty simple homes. We're not trying to make a statement with the place that we're living in, but we really were quickly filling up these spaces that we've lived with a bunch of stuff. And I realized after hearing these guys talk about minimalism that maybe not going all in on it, but that idea appealed to me. And so we started, we had this bookshelf next to our TV that I'm guessing a lot of people have something like this. There were just DVD cases filling this whole bookshelf. There were, I think, two of the five shelves had multiple rows. You had to pull out the whole first row of DVDs so you could even see what was behind that whole first row. This thing was jam-packed with DVDs. And I thought, well, that's a, that's clutter. What I, you know, first of all, we watch Netflix most of the time or something that we've recorded or something like that instead of actually watching a DVD. Secondly, it's taking up so much space and more space than we even have for it. You can't even see what we have. So I went on Amazon. I thought there's got to be a way to organize these things. And I found this little 
it's a cylinder, maybe a foot long, and it's just a hair bigger, the cylinder itself, just a hair bigger than a DVD. And so what you do, it, it's hard to describe this without you seeing it, but it almost has these DVDs line up right next to each other the way that a bike rack has bike tires. So it holds the DVD in place and then there's the little blocker, or the spacer or whatever, and then another one goes right next to it. And so we bought a couple of those and we loaded them up. I think they fit 80 DVDs each. And we just filled this thing full and we threw away the cases that all these DVDs were previously in. And what we did is we had like those 13 gallon trash bags. It's like your typical kitchen trash bag. We filled two and a half of those just with the DVD cases, the clutter, the junk that we didn't need anymore and emptied out a bunch of space. And we turned what was a five or four, I can't remember, bookshelf, you know, shelves into two little cylinders that easily fit on one shelf. If you turn them sideways, they fit on one third of one of these shelves. And when I looked, I started getting intrigued by this idea that, you know, maybe we have more stuff than we really need or well that's obvious but maybe we have more stuff than we really want to have and so we started taking this sort of mindset and looking in the different rooms and different closets and different spots in the house and we did a pretty good job we got rid of a good amount of stuff but then when we moved we started packing up everything that remained and you know how there's sort of this, I don't know if the right word is fear, but there's sort of this voice in the back of your head when you go to get rid of something that all you can think of is, well, there might be a time in the future where I'm going to regret getting rid of this thing. I'm, I'm going to need it at some point. It might not be until five years from now. It might not be until five years from now that I'm able to come up with a different way of using it than even the way that you're supposed to use it, but I'll, I'll find some way to use this thing. So I, I don't want to get rid of it because I know as soon as I get rid of it or way down the line after I get rid of it, I might just want it. I might just need it. I, might, I can't imagine. I might even have to go buy something to replace this thing. And so we just hang on to stuff. We keep getting more. We find more areas to store it and stockpile it. And we keep this stuff, even if we're not going to use it, even if we don't really want it, we're keeping it out of some weird sense of obligation because we already have it. So why would I get rid of it now? And so when we started to pack stuff up for our move, we were blown away because we thought we went through and we did a pretty good job of saying, hey, we're going to get rid of some stuff that we don't want. We were blown away by how much stuff we had. Boxes and boxes and boxes 
as we're packing it up and we're carrying it, we kept asking ourselves, how do we still have this much stuff? We got rid of a bunch of stuff. Where did this come from? And at one point, because I had shared about this, you know, kind of minimalism idea that Annalise and I were doing a little bit of in our staff devotions, my dad was helping load us up and helping carry stuff out to the truck and all that. And at one point he's like, well, how do you guys have so much stuff? I thought you guys were minimalists. And he, he was just giving us a hard time, but there was part of it that rang true a little bit for me. I'm like, yeah, I sort of thought that we were too a little bit, not like crazy about it, but I thought we were moving that direction. And so Annalise and I sat down and we had a conversation and we made an agreement and we haven't like stuck tightly to this, but we really have tried to honor the spirit of this conversation that we had uh, as we were packing up stuff and moving it into the storage unit. And if you've listened to a few of the episodes, you've probably caught that that whole in-between moment lasted a lot longer than we thought. So our stuff was in storage for months and months. But we made an agreement that for every two things we bring into the new house, we were going to get rid, whether that was sell or donate or throw away, one thing. So for every two things we keep, we get rid of one thing. And we really have been trying to do that. We've made multiple trips to uh, a secondhand donation store, a few of them around the area. We had a dumpster for most of the construction debris and, you know, stuff as we were uh, tearing things apart. We had a dumpster out in the driveway for that, and we wound up getting rid of some stuff that wasn't even really worth donating and definitely wasn't worth trying to sell. And we've been slowly trying to chip away and get rid of this stuff. And what we're finding is that even though there is this voice in the back of your head, there is this weird fear, if you want to call it that, that says, man, if you get rid of this, you're going to regret it. What we're finding is pushing through that, going ahead and just getting rid of that stuff has been awesome. It's clearing clutter out of our house, out of our uh, storage spaces in our house. It's opening up the opportunity to use the space that we have instead of to fill the space that we have. You see that distinction? And what we're finding as we do it is that we like it. And so while we were in the midst of that, I went and I spoke. I normally speak probably three or four times a year at our local county jail. I go and do a chapel service on Sunday afternoons, and I, it's one of my favorite places that I speak. And part of the reason for that is I think that a lot of times the people who get a chance to go speak at the jail could go in there thinking, man, these people in jail are this and that and the other, and I have a chance to preach at them. I don't think they would realize that, but I, I think that's probably the experience for a lot of people who show up to chapel at the county jail, that they get preached 
at instead of talk to. And if you've listened to more than a couple episodes of the podcast, you you probably get that preaching at people is not my thing. And so I love to go and talk about some of the stuff that I'm struggling with, some of the stuff that I'm learning, some of the stuff that is true of us and of God, no matter where we're sitting listening to the message. And one of those days that I was at the jail, the chaplain who spends, you know, I get to spend, what, an hour and 10 minutes, hour and 20 minutes when I go and speak at the jail, but the chaplain, he's there, I think, every day. And he really spends time getting to know these men and women that are at our local county jail. And because of that, he has a relationship with them that is obviously on a deeper level. He knows where they're at. They know where he's at. They know what everyone's working through and growing through. And it was either at the beginning of the chapel service or the very end. I can't remember. But the chaplain asked, he said, in the past week, what did you put off of your old self? And what did you put on of your new life in the spirit? And when I heard that question, like I say, I think part of it is because Annalise and I were in the middle of this minimalism kick and we were finding that, yeah, when we get rid of some of this old stuff, it feels a lot better. And I heard this, I think in that moment, in a new way, in a different perspective. And this is going to match up with the way that I talk about what God is asking of us, what God is inviting us into, what God is leading us to live life based on. Because I really think that he invites us to put off the old self, not because he likes that that's going to mean sacrifice and it's going to hurt and it's going to mean we have to figure out a new way to do life. But it's because he knows what's best for us. And he knows that when we put off some of this stuff, when we get rid of some of the, not physical, but some of the emotional and mental or whatever it is, clutter that we've been living life with, some of the baggage that we've been carrying through life and some of the baggage that we've been creating for the people around us by living life in the old self. And that language, I'm guessing, old self and new self, probably is familiar to you. I want to read from Ephesians chapter 4. This is verses 22 through 24. And Paul writes, You were taught, with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And this idea, what Paul was writing first 
to the church in Ephesus, and then to all of us who are seeking to follow after God and to do with our lives what he's calling us to. He's saying, you don't have to hold on to this old stuff anymore. Instead, you can surrender that and you can live this new life. And now I know that this episode, the time that it's uploaded, we're going to be coming up on Christmas and New Year's. And, you know, I, first of all, I know that not everyone's going to be listening around the time that it's uploaded. But second of all, I know if you want a Christmas or a New Year's something, you can find that stuff all over the place. So this is going to be about as much as I head into that direction. But I do think that evaluating where we are and saying what of my habits, my routines, my personality, the ways that I think, the way that I treat the people around me, the way that I just take as normal life, what of that is being influenced or being dictated by the old self. And whether you're listening to this, uh, thinking about new year and a fresh start, or whether you're listening to this in the middle of June, I want to let you know that if the new year is the time that you start to reevaluate some things, that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. But that's not the only time that we get a chance for a fresh start. Just because the calendar flips from 2018 to 2019, there's nothing extra special about getting a fresh, clean slate in that moment. If you're listening to this any other time, God is just as ready to bring new life and unbelievable change today whether it's December 31st or whether it's any other of the ordinary seeming days that we just sort of take for granted. Well, yeah, yesterday was like this, so I guess tomorrow's going to be too. And what I realized, I, I don't know if the connection is as obvious as it is in my head. Sometimes I get down a road and then I talk to people later and they're like, yeah, I didn't really get how the first thing and the second thing were tied together. But I I really think that the same resistance that we find ourselves facing when we start to get rid of clutter, of physical objects, whether donate, sell, throw away, whatever we're doing with them, I think we face that same resistance in the back of our minds, internally, when it comes to letting go and putting off the old self. Because we find all these objections and we start to think, well, I mean, that's me. What am I supposed to stop being me? That's part of my personality. That's part of the way that I view the world. That's part of the way that everybody 
knows me. And what Paul's writing about here and what we see all through scripture is that God is inviting us to fully surrender to him. And I've, I've heard people say, well, if I let go of that, if I let that part of myself become exposed, I don't know what will be left. I don't know what's going to remain of, of me. Like that's going to, that's going to alter who I am. And I've, I've had that same internal conversation. I've worried that, well, okay, God, if you're asking me to surrender this, then I, I don't really know what's going to be left. I don't even understand how that would look if I did that, if I opened up that part of myself to the people around me, if I was that vulnerable, if I was that vulnerable, not even with people, but just with you, God, I don't, I don't know what would happen next. And I've talked about this, uh, especially in the episode, I don't have it right in front of me of what episode number it is, but the episode that's just called meditation. That episode is really the reason that I started doing this podcast because I wanted to talk about my experience of letting God lead me as I spent time listening for him and intentionally not doing anything else and just spending time meditating on the fact, um, as I shared in that episode from Psalm, I think it's 46, be still and know that I am God. And if you haven't listened to that, or if you listen to it and you're like, hey, I'm not going to start meditating, so okay, whatever. I really want to invite you to give it a shot because for me, the biggest change that came of me reading a verse like this saying, put off your old self and put on the new self up before spending time with God that way, I could justify not doing it in my head. I could come up with reasons why, well, that's, that's really kind of a core piece of who I am. I know that it doesn't exactly line up with who God wants me to be, but I'm not surrendering that because if I do, I have no idea what I'll even be anymore. I have no idea what life looks like after that. And what I found as I started to surrender these things, you know, I think I talked about it in the episode on meditation, but you can't spend time with God like that, listening and just being open to what he lays on your heart silently. You can't do that for long if you're going to keep saying, no, I'm not going to do the thing that you're leading me to do 
and you know to tie into a little bit of what I talked about in the the episode on Psalm chapter 1 about how we can slowly repeatedly if we make this transition from walking in the way that sinners take to standing in this spot to sitting it happens as we slowly say no to the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. As we slowly try to dull what our conscience is pinpricking us and saying, hey, this isn't the right way to live. Um, what happens when we spend time meditating, when we spend time listening, and again, I don't want you to hear, you have to do it my way, okay? I lay out the way that works for me, but there easily could be a different way that works for you, and that's awesome. The important thing isn't how you do it. The important thing is that you do it. And what I found, because I actually tried to start putting off the old self and putting on the new self as a result, of this time of meditation where I allowed God to change the way that I think. I, I really think that that's what happened. And I started to say, okay, I'm going to give it a shot. I don't know what it's going to be like. I don't really want to surrender, but I'll try it. And what I found on the other side, just like once I started getting rid of physical stuff, I was worried I would miss it. I was worried I would need it. I was worried I wouldn't know what to do if I wanted to replace it, da-da-da, all these things. And then on the other side, I go, oh, this is actually a lot better. I, I didn't need all that junk anyway. That's the exact experience that I've found as I start to surrender and put off some of the old self let go of some of these things that I thought, well, that's, that's my core. That's part of my identity. That's who I am. I, I'm not going to give that up, God. I know that's what you want, but I, if I'm honest, I'm just, I'm not there. I'm not willing. I'm not going to do it because I don't know what could happen next. What I found on the other side of that was very similar to the experience of getting rid of physical stuff. I found this lightness, this freedom, because, and this is why I'm so passionate about talking about this so many times, God isn't calling us to this stuff because he wants to hurt us or he wants to rub it in our faces or he wants to make sure that we know that we fall short. It's because he's saying, hey, you're doing life one way, but I'm, I'm trying to let you know that there's a better way. And so I want to end this by asking the same question that the chaplain at the county jail asked us that afternoon. In the past week, what did you put off of your old self? And what did you put on? of your new life in the spirit. That question makes us think, you know, it, it, 
it's not about showing up to church. It's not about listening to an episode of a spiritually based podcast. It's not about spending time reading the Bible and saying, yep, I checked all those things off my list. It's about in the past week, what changed because of that? What did you get rid of of your old self? What did you put on of your new life in the spirit? So let's, instead of checking off the boxes, let's take that question seriously and allow God to come and make some changes in our lives that we can invite him in as we surrender and let go of some of this old self and find that on the other side there really is new life in the spirit.